With your Amex card, entertainment benefits like special ticket access and pre-sales to select can't miss events while supplies last, make every tap music to your ears. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Welcome to the Lombardi Line presented by MGM Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard here for the next two hours. Always love hopping on when Pritch is with me for a couple hours here on the Lombardi Line on a Wednesday. And Mike, we got a great show today. Of course, Steve Mackinnon is going to join us at the bottom half of this hour. Again, if you're a regular on the show, you know how good Steve's numbers are to help you uh, maximize your betting dollar here as we have about a week and a half to go before Super Sunday. And then Mo Egger is going to join us from Cincinnati. And it's always great to have Mo on the program. Of course, talk all things Cincinnati and those Bengals. Nothing to lose right now as they get ready as a four-and-a-half-point underdog right now as we stand today on a Wednesday. And then Lou Fittacaro is going to join us in that second hour as well. We'll get his NFL thoughts. And also, the UFC is back in action this weekend. So we'll get Lou's thoughts on the card coming up this weekend. But, you know, Mike, I, I saw you out front, and I said, boy, it's a quiet day in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, I don't even know where to begin, and we'll get into the numbers of the Super Bowl here in a yeah. second. But I, I did want to get your thoughts immediately. And obviously, you know, the Brian Flores allegations are rocking the mm-hmm. NFL today. I don't know how Park Avenue is dealing with that internally, and I'm sure there's a lot of conversations going on, right? But here as, as a gambling network here at Vston, and when I heard the allegation that Stephen Ross, the owner of the Dolphins, allegedly was going to be paying $100,000 to the current head coach at the time of the Dolphins, Brian Flores, according to Brian Flores, to lose games. Pritch, you know as a player in this league, they can deal with a lot of awful things. The one thing that might be the, the capper with now that the way they have embraced gambling in the National Football League is this charge. Yeah. What would you make when you heard of that? Well, I mean, it speaks volumes about the integrity of the game, and that's the shield. Uh, if you think about the National Football League, if you think about what they promote and what they're all about, it's about that shield and integrity of the game. Uh, and therefore, these allegations are explosive. Uh, they really are because I think Coach Flores is pulling back the curtain on a lot of situations that we speculated about but didn't really have evidence of. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's evidence of it because now you have a, a coach accusing the league essentially of tanking games wow. uh, and affecting the integrity of the game. So, yeah, this is explosive for sure. But this is a storm that's been brewing for a number of years. Uh, it's not like Coach Flores woke up and said, I am a file lawsuit. Right. This is something that's been ongoing for years. And, and so I think people need to keep that in mind. Also keep in mind that the NFL, and, and this is knowledge for you as a better. The NFL is often reactionary. Mm-hmm. Uh, they don't get out in front. Um, the whole Rooney rule thing, checking a box, that's been ongoing for a number of years for a number of coaches, and it's bothered them. Uh, and, and so uh, here you go with the allegations and certainly the lawsuit. 
now you have the NFL's attention. We'll see how they react to it. It's a great point, too. And, again, you know, talking to, to former players in the league, and certainly we, we know you know many more than I do. And the ones mm-hmm. that I've talked to in the last 24 hours, like the Rooney rule, when it came in, it, mm-hmm. the concept was good. The application of it seems to be the part where, like, what are we doing? Right. If you've already hired somebody, why are you doing this? Right, right. It's a sham interview. To Checking Brian, the box. Right. It's to Brian Flores' point. How do, they, how do they adjust that? Well, it's not only that because there's always multiple layers to it. So I know NFL coaches, head coaches. Um, I played with them, and, and certainly I grew up with some of them. Uh, so, you know, when you don't feel like you're getting a fair chance, like Coach Flores was fired wow. after a winning season. Think about that. Now, you can have disconnect, not be on the same page with the ownership and front office. That happens all the time. Mm-hmm. But are you fired for that? <laughs> I mean, I think if it gets out of control, maybe you get fired. But the bottom, it's a bottom line business. And as players, as coaches, we understand that. And it's like, okay, the results are that we have a winning season. Right. We're on the cusp of going to the playoffs. Uh, and now you're firing me. Why? You know, you can look at another coach that gets maybe two years or a year and a half as a head coach. And all of a sudden, they're fired. And then they move on to another coach that just failed just like that coach previously did. But why are you getting rid of me now? And so I think Coach Flores is talking more and more about the Rooney rule and the fact that it's checking a box. And also, are we really getting an equal opportunity to prove ourselves as coaches? There's so many layers to the allegations here coming out from Brian Flores, who is making the media rounds today. So if there's any news that breaks here in the next couple hours here from the NFL side, we saw the Shield immediately put out that statement. Of course they did. Right, Shan, (laughs) none of this is true. Don't look over here. Mm -hmm. So we'll see how this is going to play out. But the bottom line is something needs to change. They're going to have to figure out how to make that change, to make it a real change, and not just slogans in the end zone and on the back of the helmet, the virtue signaling that we've seen Exactly, like real – uh, substantial change like you know don't take an interview like I'm taking this interview seriously this is going to further my career but yet you guys are checking the box right uh, so the whole in- integrity aspect goes forward not only on the field but certainly throughout all ranks all levels and and I think that's what coach Flores his intent with this lawsuit is yeah, there's opportunity. And, yes, the NFL, you're going to point to uh, circumstances or situations in which people were hired. Uh, but then I can point to multiple situations where people were not hired. Right. And it was a sham. And then on top of that, you didn't really give that guy a significant chance anyway. And for people that really don't know the background, right, it's like, you know, Brian Forrest isn't just a guy who coached three years in Miami. He's, that guy. he's been an assistant 20 years. <laughs> right. he's, he's been in this league yeah. for two decades. So he knows. Players know. I mean, like, there, there are some bad, badly kept secrets that yeah. are now coming out to the general public right. that might be shocked. But I think for a lot of players and certainly coaches in the league, go, yeah, this has been going on this for a long time. This has been going on for a while. So, Absolutely. Right. So that, that shock and awe might not be the hit hit the same yeah. for some people that aren't aware of it. But really the shock and awe for me and, and certainly for a gambling network is the allegation of paying the head coach to lose. It's yeah. got that major league feel to it. Uh, we take off an article of clothing for every time we lose a game to, to try to, to plummet the, the, the team value in the, in the fictitious movie. It's like, you can't do that, Stephen Ross. Right. Like, you, you just, there's a lot of things you can't do. That right there is going to have a ripple effect that Park Avenue is going to figure out how to, how to deal with it. Sure, today. and there's going to be more evidence, too, about how the owners have circumvented around the rules, too, right. because you have quality control people essentially working in the front office and the coaching ranks, cutting up tape, that kind of thing. Uh, and now all of a sudden, next year, they're a head coach. 
Uh, and that is bothersome for a lot of coaches. And that I'm, put I'm in sure. the work, put oh, in the time. Put in the work. They're coordinators. They're going to Super Bowls, winning Super Bowls, and they're qualified to be a head coach. But yet they're passed over because of this um, quality control situation, mm. uh, which basically that's just ownership grooming the next guy for the head coaching position. This is a conversation I did not think we'd be having today, right? Because here we are on a sure. Wednesday getting ready for a Super Bowl in a week and a half. And I'm sure Roger Goodell, who does his oh, yeah. State of the Union, oh, my goodness, next week in Los Angeles, that's going to be must-see appointment viewing there. Because remember, for those that just might not, Roger Goodell works for the owners, and the owners have just been put on blast in many different ways here. So all of these questions are going to come out. Uh, from the media here in about a week. So we'll see how that plays out in L.A. There is a substantial football game to play. So now these players, and I'm sure, right, Fritz, you know how this works. Those coaches right now, Zach Taylor, Sean McVay, they're, are they isolating the, their guys from this stuff? Because we thought it'd be about Tom Brady, and that's already gone. Right. right? And then, then, then Brian Flores and these allegations come out, and we're not even talking about Jim Harbaugh or the Vikings. Oh. And, I mean, there's so many other things that get passed on when you have something like this bomb that gets dropped here in the right. league. How do they focus on the task at hand of winning the biggest games of their lives. Well, one thing I can guarantee and assure everybody out there that uh, as athletes, we become laser focused. I mean, our focus is going to be so acute. And you have an opportunity of a lifetime to win a Super Bowl. You are not going to be distracted. (laughs) So I I can guarantee you the Bengals players and coaches, the Rams players and coaches, they they have blinders on to everything else outside of the Super Bowl. Uh, so from a betting perspective, yeah, be confident that these two teams are going to be locked in on this game. Yeah, for, there's no bubble anymore, but they're going to be in a bubble oh, yeah. essentially right <laughs> oh, now. Yeah. They're going to just block them out and say, guys, don't worry about that now. We right. got we got some uh, bigger fish to fry here of our own. Let's talk a little bit about it, Pritch, and we've got a couple hours to really dive in uh, with our guests as well. But, you know, I did look at it, and I saw the uptick here where the Rams were taking some of the money here, mm-hmm. getting this line up to about four and a half that we're seeing now, BetMGM, and the over-under at about 48 and a half here. You know how these games traditionally go. Now, last year, the Bucks got a big, like, by the way, that game feels like 10 years ago already does, against the right. Chiefs, right? And then just sat all over Mahomes mm-hmm. and that offense and the, the hit to the under there. The game script here that you see, and you got a, a week to change your mind if you want, but you know, I look at it and go, man, if I can get some 48s, 47 and a halves, sometimes these games tend to explode. It didn't last year, mm-hmm. but sometimes they have a tendency to either get out of hand or more shootouts I see versus low-scoring affairs. Absolutely. I mean, I'm looking at the fact that both of these teams are identical. Uh, Zach Taylor runs the same offense as Sean McVay. They coach together, and so a lot of familiarity right there, mm-hmm. which uh, when you look at those situations, a lot of times that does catch the under. It can. It has a great possibility of doing that. Uh, and then also the adjustments throughout the game. I think that's what you're alluding to. Uh, I'm focusing in on that because I, I think Sean McVay, to overcome the deficit they did, they did against the 49ers, obviously they had to make adjustments, and they did. Uh, and then you think about Zach Taylor and the Bengals overcoming uh, the deficit they had against the Chiefs, 18 right. points. But then the previous matchup, they overcame 14 points three times. Wow. So the adjustments, in-game adjustments, definitely uh, are going to come into play, I believe, in this game. And then on top of that, yesterday on BAA, Betting Across America, I mentioned the fact that uh, Matthew Stafford tied for second in the league with fourth-quarter touchdowns. Uh, double digits. Joe Burrow's tied for fifth, double digits, wow. 12 and 10. So these guys can come through when needed. 
Uh, and if you're talking about a fourth quarter matchup, which I think a lot of people are anticipating, uh, I think we can see some explosive plays out there. You know, it's, it's almost it, – it, when you say it like that, it feels so casual to me to think that the Bengals overcame an 18-point deficit on the road <laughs> right. against the Chiefs. You're right, right. And, and, and the Rams down 10 in the fourth quarter mm-hmm. to a really good Niners defense. I mean, those are Herculean efforts they are. that they both made to overcome to get to this spot. I want to dive into your mind a little bit later on in the show about McVay against Taylor and whether or not it almost feels like a divisional matchup, like we know each other so well, Mm -hmm. even though the teams don't, because the coaches do, I wonder how those X's and O's are going to play out. All right, we got a lot to get to. So don't go anywhere, everybody. We've got uh, uh, really a a good show for you again. Steve Mackin is going to join us at the bottom of the hour. We're going to have Lou Finicaro and Mo Egger in the next hour. So come on back. Just getting it started right here in the Lombardi line on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Big game right around the corner. It's time to download BetMGM Sports. It's Nevada's premier sports betting app. BetMGM is all of your favorite wagering options, along with in-game betting, boosted odds specials, and much, much more. Download the BetMGM app today or stop by any MGM casino on the Strip with your state-issued ID to open up an account and start placing sports bets from anywhere in Nevada. Whatever your sport, whatever your betting style, you're going to love BetMGM's state-of-the-art technology and fan-friendly specials every day of the week. Visit BetMGM for terms and conditions. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Nevada. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call one 800 4700 Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. This is the Lombardi Line right here on VEASAN. And, Mike, you know, we were just talking before we came back from our break here about necessities in the National Football League. And maybe fan bases want this guy, but owners and GMs, really GMs and coaches go, Mm -hmm. man, let's not overpay here because we're going to need it here. We don't know where Jimmy G is going to end up next year to this end for the 49ers. Now, he says he does expect to trade now, and he wants to be sent to a winning situation. So I've got some questions for general manager Mike Pritchard. (laughs) If you are one of those coaches, GMs out there, Mm -hmm. and you know Jimmy G is on the market, what are you willing to give up? Because we know the Niners are going to have to eventually go to Trey Lance, and we now assume with that fourth quarter collapse that they go, all right, the time's now. 
Jimmy's on the move. And the tea leaves, that's what it indicates. What do you think he's really worth monetarily and or pick scenario? Well, it's a great question because he's going to go under – he's going to have surgery. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the shoulder situation, you want to monitor that as well. Uh, it was a sprained shoulder. So you're talking about the AC joint, which you'll, you'll, you'll recover from that. Okay. But the thumb surgery is interesting right there, though. Uh, and then you wonder what the 49ers are going to ask for, because certainly if you're going to trade them, I don't know who controls that transaction. It, will it be the 49ers or will it be the team that wants them because of the demand mm-hmm. of Jimmy G? I don't know what type of market he's got right now. I, it's not a high-valued market, that's for sure. He is a backup quarterback to starting quarterback, but he's not a franchise quarterback. Like, when we think about franchise quarterbacks, we're thinking about the guys that are making $40 million a year. Right. But, you know, Aaron Rodgers and stuff like that. But we're thinking about starting quarterbacks. There's a number of starting quarterbacks in the league, uh, and Jimmy G's a starting quarterback. I don't know if he's a franchise quarterback. So the willing participant is going to be interesting on what they want to pay. Now, Jimmy G wants to go to a contender – I don't know how many contending teams need a starting quarterback. They probably already have a franchise quarterback. Okay, objection, Your Honor. Okay. <laughs> so, like, you know what I missed about, like, remember in baseball they had arbitration? Mm-hmm. They would really go to a courtroom, and then the, the team would denigrate their own players so they paid them less. Sure. So let's, let's play a game of arbitration okay. here. And if you're, if you're not a Jimmy G backer, you go, wait a minute. Mike Shanahan, excuse me, Kyle Shanahan is 37-16 and 16 straight up with Jimmy G, 6-28 and 28 without him. Jimmy G is 13 and 6 outright, 15 and 4 ATS in his career mm-hmm. as an underdog, right? So I get it, and I actually agree with you. I don't think he's he's not an elite starting quarterback. He's a starting quarterback. He's a starting league, quarterback, right. right? So give me a name, a team that you think would fit his skill set and maybe not have to overpay in this game of arbitration. The Las Vegas Raiders. Whoa! <laughs> Whoa. You didn't expect that one, did you? No. We're sir, in the courtroom. We're in the courtroom. <laughs> I was going to save it, but I'll throw it at you right now. The oh, Las Vegas Raiders. Did you, not see that coming at all. You have Josh McDaniels who just took over. Jimmy G was the heir apparent to Tom Brady in New England. We know that, right? Tom Brady kind of kicked him out, made him trade him. Uh, so if you're Josh McDaniels and you have a team that's a contender mm. – then do you want to experiment with Derek Carr, meaning he's got to learn my offense, or do you go with a guy that knows your offense? Wow. (laughs) Did not see that coming. Okay, so that's a great point. So you're going with for the Raiders, right? right? Now, is this a – this wouldn't be a QB trade, could it be? Because they're going to go with So you don't want another – established starter sure. in the league if you're San Fran, if you're Kyle Shanahan on the comeback. So we'll trade you, mm-hmm. okay, theoretically back in our game of arbitration. What do you think the asking price would be? Would well, it- it's interesting because I've been a part of a, a three-team trade, a Minnesota, Atlanta, and Denver. That's when I got traded to Denver. Uh, so it's, it's fascinating when you can still do those kind of things. You can have multiple teams involved in trades. Wow. Uh, so the thing about Derek Carr is he's polarizing, one, uh, he hasn't won a playoff game, too. Uh, and then you're Josh McDaniels, and you're in Las Vegas with this iconic franchise. Uh, you don't, you want to hit the ground running. You, you know, you, it was a bold move, I believe, from Mark Davis to hire Josh McDaniels anyway. So why not continue the trend of bold moves? And you're not committed to Derek Carr. He's going into the last year of his contract. Do you have to extend him? No. Uh, is there a quarterback out there that you know 
that can run your offense to a high level, and that's Jimmy G. That's fascinating. And again, those pieces in the puzzle and the QB shuffle that we're going to see sure. with, with all the new coaches, and they want to bring in their own guys. You're right. right. So sometimes you get saddled with a guy that's already been there, and you go, well, you know, hey, I know everybody else likes him, whatever. What, what have you done for me lately, Janet Jackson? But, like, this is now my team. Mm-hmm. I want to run my offense, and Jimmy G knows it. It's an interesting and a fascinating kind of put that, that puzzle together. And to your point, what do you pay, though? Like, right. what are the Raiders willing to do, even if that's even on the table? I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense because of what Jimmy G I – mean, is Jimmy G going to go to Pittsburgh? I, I don't think that's Pittsburgh's character to do something like that. Um, uh, throughout the years, you can think about, uh, what, Maddox, uh, Batch, and people like that. But, right. But Jimmy G, uh, that situation, and then, okay, what other teams can he go to that teams would trade for that are contending? Uh, and I think the list is, is very, very short. Hey, to your point, the Raiders were a playoff team a year uh, last year and this year. And, boy, they came within an eyelash of mm-hmm. being at least going to overtime with the right. Bengals who are now in the Super Bowl. So maybe the Raiders aren't as far away. That's a fascinating, fascinating thought process there. I, I do wonder as, as a gambler, again, mm-hmm. right after the Super Bowl, they're going to put up a, a lot of books out here yeah. in Las Vegas. They'll put up their futures odds. So it's hard to kind of wager without knowing where these pieces of the puzzle are going to fit, right? right? But would you trust Jimmy G, whatever your future's bet would be, wherever Jimmy G is a starting quarterback next year, as a, as a wager, do you trust him? Because, like, to me, he's been kind of a cash machine if you took him ATS. Well, you think about his winning percentage, and you think about his start of his career. He started when Brady got hurt out there in New England, and they didn't lose the beat. They didn't miss the beat. No. Um now, Jimmy G got hurt, and again, that, you know, you, you saw uh, other quarterbacks take the field. Uh, I'm forgetting the guy's name. He's in Miami well, now. And they were like, oh, and forever. Oh, exactly, right? exactly. Then, Jacoby Brissett. Right. Thank you very much. I mean, because exactly. of Jimmy G got hurt, but then Jacoby Brissett is still in the league right. when he shouldn't be. <laughs> but, but the thing about Jimmy G and Josh McDaniels, and, and again, it's, it's what you said and alluded to, uh, and as betters focus in on, because this is how the league works. Who can I win with? Uh, I don't know. I, I think there's uncertainty. I, I get Derek Carr, and there's a lot of respect for his ability, but I don't know how he's going to operate my and execute my offense. I do know how that guy is going to execute my offense. So it gets intriguing that way. But then again, then again, okay, what are they asking for, and what would the Raiders be willing to give up? Again, I, I cannot wait to see, and I'm sure Josh McDaniels is already having those conversations about who his quarterback really should be. Right. You say things out in the public, that's one thing. What's going on behind closed doors, I'm sure he's thinking along the lines of you, Pritch. Very quickly, about your th- three-team trade. Mm-hmm. When, when Jimmy G makes these comments like, yeah, I expect to be traded, how do you guys feel about that? Because you know that I guess it's flattering that somebody else still wants your services, but it's also disappointing that the team that you have doesn't want you. Well, I mean, I think in my case, I was getting more money and certainly a free agent standpoint. So that was – and going to a team that I wanted to play for, which is playing for John Elway and the Denver Broncos. Not too shabby. Right? Not too shabby at all. Um, but then, you know, if you're Jimmy G, you want the opportunity to play for a contender uh, and an offense that you're familiar with too because on the other side of that, does he want to learn a new offense? Right. Uh, when he already knows Josh's offense and certainly he knows what Kyle's capable of. So so uh, if the 49ers are going to trade Jimmy G, uh, the list is short on places he could land. So for the, for the, when we look at those futures, because, again, not saying I'm going to go to the window day one, mm-hmm. but that's, a, that's something that people should really take into account, that you're telling me that if it's Jimmy G with Josh McDaniels versus Derek Carr, 
and you're looking at win totals for next year, and you're sure. looking at divisional odds, those sort of things, you would feel more comfortable if that quarterback was Jimmy G because of the knowledge of the offense. I think the coach would feel more comfortable with that because you're talking about starting from scratch. Uh, there's nobody on the Raiders team right now that knows Josh McDaniel's offense. Uh, when you can start from scratch and the quarterback knows the offense, okay, there's the nuance. There's the creativity. There's the acceleration of uh, meeting the standard or meeting the expectations. Expectations right now for the Raiders are, are playoffs, right? They're not going to go backwards after making the playoffs. Two times since 2002. So if the expectations in the bold move to hire Josh McDaniels, then I think you continue with bold moves to help out that situation. It makes complete sense, people, if you're listening to what Mike Pritchard's saying right now. Because, again, I think a lot of times media, and certainly when you wager on these, you know, these futures in February, March for the next year, you really should take into account what Pritch is talking about right here. Because I think a lot of times people look at last year's record mm -hmm. with last year's coach. And they don't, they don't take into account the chemistry that it's going to take to do that. And we saw I saw it firsthand with, with Matt Nagy. I saw it in Washington, D.C. for a number of different coaches. You get saddled with somebody else's quarterback. It doesn't work. Right. Square peg, round hole. Right. That doesn't go. Like, look at what Bruce Arians did in Tampa. Tom Brady, come in here. Right? Mm -hmm. I, I'm gonna, and then Tom Brady said, I got to run my offense. Right. And that's when it worked. Fascinating conversation. We're going to have another fascinating conversation with Steve McEnany when he comes back. He's got great numbers for you to wager on. Come on back. It's the Lombardi line right here on Visa and the Sports Betting Network. Join our own Stormy Bonatoni on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. for the big game betting and beers event at the South Point Casino right here in Las Vegas. Stormy will be joined by our guys in the desert, Chris Andrews, Jimmy Fucaro, and Vinny Mayuo for a fun and informative look at betting this year's big game and stories from behind the book about all the action these legends have seen over the years. The event is free for anyone over 21, so stop by the South Point on Friday the 11th at 6 p.m. to get free samples of Bookmaker Blonde Ale, specials on Budweiser, purchase signed copies of Chris Andrews' book, and learn from these book-making experts. That is going to be a fun event. Mike Pritchard, Dave Ross, back with you here <laughs> on the Lombardi Line on Vsin. I mean, when you have that type of knowledge oh, in this space, you're going to need more than one Budweiser or the, the Blonde Ale, yeah. and that's going to be a conversation. I'm crashing that party. <laughs> I am. Uh, that is going to be a fascinating uh, event. For sure. Yeah, no question about it. So do not <laughs> miss that one here at the South Point. Uh, Prince, before we bring in uh, Steve Mackin in here, I did want to get your thoughts, just generality speaking, because, again, obviously the league right now is going through a lot of things that we talked about off the top with the Brian Flores situation. But when you have two weeks in between the Super Bowl mm -hmm. as a player, what do these guys – how do they approach it? And I know if you got an injury, it's time to rest up that first week. If you're not, how do you hold back from chomping at the bit to get to that biggest game? How do you try to stay in the mentality when you have the week off, which is rare unless you have the bye week, you know, during the NFL season? Well, you know, distractions uh, across the league, you're not going to be involved with those. But you do have your own distractions. Family, how are you going to get out to the Super Bowl? Who's going? Tickets and all that stuff. So you take a week to kind of prepare for that. Uh, and as, as well as working on the field, you stay in shape. Conditioning uh, is a big part right now for the, for the fellas on both teams. Uh, so you want to make sure that you're in tip-top shape, rehabbing, 
or a tra- uh, treatment in a training room, that's important as well, getting ready for the big game. But then uh, as you go to game week and then you have to travel and then you have press, so then you get back into your routine. So this week is certainly like a bye week for everybody uh, to kind of hammer out and iron out everything that they need to do and take care of prior to this game. So when you do land in L.A., everything's about the Super Bowl. So right now it's more about preparation uh, you're going to install the game plan. You're going to tweak some things. You're not really going to uh, get prepared for the game until next week. You know, I do a lot of mixed martial arts, as you know, and that sort of thing. And it's a real thing for fighters where they have like adrenaline dump. Yeah. Right. And I know it's like cutting weight and different things. Does that ever happen to football players where they get so hyped, right, that, that all of a sudden you get to the biggest game and I'm like, we're trying to control everything to be normal, but it's right. not a normal situation. It's not normal, but it don't, they won't fill it until next week. Okay. Uh, you know, uh, media row and the media commitments next week for the Super Bowl is going to be something, f- especially for the Bengals. They're not going to be used to that. We, we, the pesky media, we always <laughs> screw it up for those players. Uh, let's bring in Steve Mackin, of course, Point Spread uh, Weekly Editor. Follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Steve Mackin. And Steve, uh, Pritch and I were going over your numbers here, and they are fascinating, as always. And and you've got one here that we wanted to start off where basically these four, there's four stats that you have right off the bat that if you win all four, you are undefeated in the Super Bowl. Okay, and those categories are, we'll go through them, put them up on the board for you. You rush for more yards. You average more passing yards per attempt in the title game. You win the turnover battle, and you win the time of possession. That's a, it's hard to do, as Pritch knows here in the NFL, Steve. But that is the ultimate recipe for success, correct? Yes, that is the recipe, guys. And uh, hey, I want to apologize so you don't get to see my pretty face this week. Uh, <laughs> having some sort of issue with my Skype app, I'll get it all fixed for next week. But uh, yeah, you, you hit on it there. That is the recipe. Uh, Tampa Bay won with this recipe last year. Uh, obviously, we remember how much they dominated that game. But uh, being able to run the ball, being able to get big pass plays through the air, uh, controlling basically the line of scrimmage, it kind of is, and then avoiding the turnovers. Uh, you do that and you win. You know, Steve, I have to thank you on air right now for helping me become a better better this year. Certainly uh, your, your stats and everything in Points Spread Weekly has allowed me to see the game differently from a player, and it's been helpful. Uh, I'm curious about, you know, these categories, which is spectacular information, but because we have – uh, a new situation in this year's Super Bowl, meaning uh, it's the lowest seeding Super Bowl. Mm. Like, do you factor that in at all? I mean, because, you know, these stats certainly are, are from teams that were higher seeded or teams that people certainly had different opinions on all year. Yeah, you know, this is uh, an interesting game in many ways. Uh, and in putting this article together this week, I noticed something uh, very intriguing. It's that these teams are remarkably similar statistically. We're talking when we, you go into uh, total rush yards, separate by a point or a yard or two a game. Uh, when you look at the, the yards per play, they're separated by point one on both sides of the ball. I haven't seen as close of a statistical matchup as this in the Super Bowl since, at least offensively, since uh, what I thought was 2004 with Carolina and New England. That was a very similar matchup in that regard. So it's going to be interesting to see the way this plays out. Now, you have to factor in a lot of things about uh, recency. or We know the Rams team has changed a lot since even midseason, so maybe it's a situation where you can't really take the body of work, but recent numbers, uh, that type of thing. So there's going to it's going to take something more than just looking at these teams' stats 
define your winner here. And that's funny. You, you, you mentioned that Super Bowl, how statistically uh, close they were, Steve, that Carolina New England Super Bowl, three-point game there. And right now we're seeing four and a halfs out right. there. So maybe I know a lot of you have been running the window on the Rams. Uh, maybe not so fast. And again, to win all four of those categories, undefeated in the Super Bowl, 26-0, uh, ATS 24-1-1. So again, if you win those things, and, and Mike knows this better, win that line of scrimmage, don't turn it over, bigger plays through the air, and run the ball, which everybody says, you know, that's the old NFL. No, no, no. It still works to Steve's point here in the Super Bowl. Let's talk about just the favorites overall here, Steve. Uh, you've got that they're 34 and 20 straight up, but on an ATS mark of just 49% here, 25, 26, and 3. However, over the last 20 years, the underdogs 14 and 6 ATS, including 10 and 4 ATS in the last 14. Hey, I kind of haven't wagered it yet. I kind of like the Bengals, and now, Steve, I think I like them a little bit more. Yeah, you know, Dave, I, as I wrote uh, these things down in this piece this week, I, I thought, I, thinking back to the 90s, first off, where, I mean, you just basically took the favorite in the game because they were so prepped. They had such a uh, physical superiority to it. That just doesn't happen that much anymore. Uh, in fact, I, I thought, as I go back and look at it, uh, that, that Seattle Denver game back at, uh, I think it was at, in New York that year. I think that was the closest thing I can say was a physical uh, mismatch in the Super Bowl of late. But uh, it's, it hasn't really been that way lately, and it's, and it's resulted in a lot of underdogs covering lately. Now, one thing that kind of spooked me, though, as I thought about this, is I thought, uh, as we've gone through this over the last month or so, some of the more obvious trends have failed every round. <laughs> we talked about this last week with the wild card. The wild card round uh, typically road dominated. This year, home dominated. The divisional round typically home dominated. This year, road dominated. The conference championship round, normally the home teams get it done. This year, one and one straight up, 0 and two against the spread. So, as you think of that, is this just a uh, a year of the normal normalcy not happening as to what things have been going through lately? Which would lead me to believe, hey, the favorite's going to wallop us, <laughs> the opponent this year, and that would be in the Rams cover. So uh, a little bit spooked at this point. i got to look at it a little closer. I don't think I'm quite ready to invest like you in, in the uh, game as of this point. All right, talking to Steve Magna here, Voice Paired Weekly Editor. And, and to that end, gentlemen, here, like just when I think, all right, the numbers now lead me down the primrose path to the Bengals, to Steve's point, the straight-up winner – 88.5% ATS, 46-6-3 in the previous 55 Super Bowls. And the dog has never covered a point spread without winning on the Super Bowl line of less than six points. So if they're not winning the game outright, Steve, the Bengals, they're getting blown out. Is that what that's telling me? That is exactly what that's telling you, Dave. So I, what it's telling you is don't expect that game to sneak under the three points. Uh, and, and be one that the uh, the Bengals get it done that way for spread better. So, uh, if you recall here, the last again, this is something we've been talking about the last month or so. It's it's been about an eighty eight percent winning percentage, except for the divisional round where where it was uh, about ten points less. So, uh, the rest of the thing, the rest of the playoffs are typically you win, you cover. All right, so let's see how that plays out, Steve. We're going to wrap it up here because we've got about a minute to go. We appreciate you taking the time here to join us, as always, on our Wednesday. So, again, you got to check out Point Spread Weekly because those nuggets that Steve uh, that provides in there are essential to me if you want to be a smarter, better before you get to the big game. Steve, uh, we'll catch up with you again next week before the Super Bowl. 
All right, sounds good, guys. Appreciate you having me. All right, there he is, Steve McEnany, everybody. Everybody follow him on Twitter, as I do, at Steve McEnany. Yeah. And so what that tells me, too, Pritch, mm-hmm. if you really, if, if, by correlation for the numbers here, if you like the Bengals, play a money line. Right. Because really the points to the numbers haven't helped you out in, in small spreads under six points. Right, and growing up in Vegas, so a lot of my friends, they like to tease, and so they're asking me teaser situations for this. So I'm like, I don't know if that's ideal here. Doesn't uh, seem to uh, No, out. because if you're talking about a dog getting blown out, I mean, certainly – uh, like you said, the money line situation with the Bengals might be the way to go. All right, when we come back here, Pritch, we're going to talk about the teams with the lowest preseason win totals to make it all the way to the Super Bowl. We'll discuss that when you come back with us right here in the Lombardi line. I'm Easton, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. you need is at BetMGM. Sign up now using the bonus code VEASAN1000 and your first risk is uh, wager rather is risk-free up to $1,000. When you register with BetMGM, you're also going to get an instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, player props, and daily boosted odds specials. Simply download the BetMGM app today or stop or go to MGM.com and enter bonus code VEASAN1000 to make your very first wager risk-free up to $1,000. Eligibility restrictions do apply. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. New customer offer. All promotions are subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as non-withdrawable free bets or site credit. Free bets expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. If you have a problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Nevada. Dave Ross alongside Mike Pritchard. This is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN. And Mike, when you look at what's happened in the NFL, specifically with the Bengals this year, right? This is the team that we said a week ago against the Chiefs. Well, they're a year early. It's the Chiefs' time. It's not their time. Okay, now they're on the clock. They're in the Super Bowl. When you come off the expectations, which were so low, mm-hmm. and we're looking at teams with the lowest preseason win totals to make the big dance and get to the championship game here since 2000, and they topped the charts. They're number one. They only six and a half. You took the over the Bengals. 
Ding, ding, ding. Easily. The Falcons back in 2016, when they did it, they had a, a preseason total of seven. The Cardinals with Kurt Warner, remember that year, seven and a half back in 2008. And there's uh, Jake DeLone there and, and the Panthers, seven and a half in 2003. And the Giants, Kerry Collins at quarterback. You yeah. got to go back. I was at that Super Bowl. That's yeah. how old I am. Uh, the Giants <laughs> only seven and a half there. So, Pritch, how do you do it? How do you make the turnaround like the Bengals did with low expectations, historically low, all the way to the championship game? Yeah, it's fascinating because uh, Joe Burrow uh, and I are, are similar in terms of – well, not really. I mean, my rookie year was after our national championship game, yes. our year. Uh, and I was the MVP of that team. And so, uh, you know, you come into the Atlanta Falcons situation, you don't know the history. You know, you've heard about it, but certainly low expectations, though. Uh, because when I first got to Atlanta, there was no talk of playoffs. It was like, hey, the rebuilding and all this. And uh, we made the playoffs that year. We were a wild card team. We won 10 games. Uh, and so Joe Burrow, it took him two years because of the injury for sure. But right. I, I think the expectations of winning a championship and playing at the highest level in college and then going to the National Football League, you're going to bring that with you, that standard with you. Uh, and as a quarterback, he can kind of control that culture too. So – uh, it's been exciting to watch. I, I, what stood out to me earlier this year about the Bengals is the overtime loss against Green Bay. They were 3-1 and one at the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they went to 3-2. and two. They lost in overtime to Green Bay. But I'm, like, perking up a little bit because this team looks different. Now, they stumbled along the way to lose to the Jets and stuff like that. But then they sweep the Steelers and they sweep the Ravens and mm-hmm. they look like they're going to win this division. So... I've been following this Bengals football team and highlighting Zach Taylor, the job he's done as a head coach, ever since later on in November. I think that road game uh, against Denver uh, really solidified it for me that this team uh, is going to make some noise, certainly towards the playoffs. I want to get back to the mentality that Mm -hmm. you had. You you come off a national championship, to your point, just like Joe Burrow, right? You go to a franchise here in the ATL, not a lot of success. Very low expectations. But your mentality is, I, 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 just, I just won the national championship, mm-hmm. right? MVP that I, team. I MVP the, right? So you're Joe Burrow in that right. instance, right? right? That's exactly what Joe Burrow was at LSU. So he goes to Cincinnati. When you hear that or you feel it, uh, this well, this is the way the franchise is. Mm-hmm. We're just not very good. Burrow, probably like you, is going, no, man, I, I'm here to win. I don't really care what happened before I got here. Right, is that fair? Right, right, absolutely fair. Um, and as a quarterback, you can tr- control that more so than as a wide receiver. And, you know, you're on a team with Deion Sanders, Andre Rise, and all these stars, wow. Jesse Tugger, right? So from a culture standpoint, it, it, at least my situation, it, it wasn't believed until we started doing it. Uh, and, but I, I think for Joe Burrow to be able to capture that in that locker room from the very beginning – and coming back from the injury, I mean, there's a ton of respect in that locker room for this guy. Wow. Uh, and therefore, this is our leader now, and let's step up our game and support him. And that's what we saw this year from the Bengals. You know, I, I remember, again, you know, Dan Marino, year two, he wasn't a number one overall pick like Joe Burrow. By the way, Joe Burrow is the first and the fastest number one pick overall mm-hmm. in the NFL to take a team to the Super Bowl as a quarterback. Right. I mean, think of that. In the Faster history. That's amazing, yeah. right? So, and again, and to do it without basically having a, a rookie year, so in a way, it's like one and a half mm-hmm. year for Joe Burrow to pick it up and learn it that fast. Does it say more about Joe Burrow? Does it say more about Zach Taylor or, or their combination thereof? I, I think the Bengals knocked it out the park. I mean, when you draft correctly, if you do things the right way and you pair them up, the coach and quarterback, then this is what can happen quickly in the league. 
Um, Joe Burrow was second in quarterback rating this year behind Aaron Rodgers. He's going to win MVP. But, yeah, here's Joe Burrow that's second, not too far behind uh, Aaron Rodgers when it comes to quarterback rating. So uh, the talent around him is, is incredible, too. Uh, let's not make mistakes about that. Now, there's some deficiencies on this team. Yes. But the way that Joe Burrow has played, he's played above those deficiency, deficiencies. He's allowed this team to prosper and, and win games and, and be in a Super Bowl. I know that the, the common narrative was you got to draft Penny Sewell, mm-hmm. right? That You got to get the, the offensive line. And they said, no, we're going to take Jamar Chase. Right. And there are questions about Jamar Chase, who, who I think – I don't know if he's going to win Rookie of the Year, but, I mean, I think if you're holding that ticket, you're you're feeling pretty good. I mean, he's got a shot. I know Mac Jones at the whole conversation. But they went a little bit against the grain because, you know, I always look at it like you got to build the D-line, the O-line. They went another way, and they said Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, from their familiarity at LSU, right? Right. And he sat out a year, COVID year, doesn't phase us. We're going to take him. In hindsight, it looks like a masterstroke. But I think it was the riskier proposition when they made that deal on draft. Right. It's risky, but also the payoff. Look at the payoff because you can build inside out. Look at the Colts. They build inside out and they're tremendous in the trenches. They don't have a quarterback. <laughs> that's going to win you a Super Bowl, right? <laughs> right. And that's all that's missing. Yeah. And so if you're the Colts, you're still looking for a quarterback. Whereas if you go get the quarterback, okay, we can find some pieces along the way. Did, okay. Are the Bengals ahead of schedule? Yes, they are. Because you're thinking they'll make the playoffs this year. Okay, next year or this offseason, they'll get their offensive line together and then make a run at the Super Bowl next year. But that's accelerated because of the play of this young man, Joe Burrow. It's incredible. You know, I think sometimes as, as gamblers and you look at the number and then you, you really look at the matchups and you say, well, the Rams have, I would say, three alphas mm-hmm. at three different positions in the entire league, not just in this game. Right. Jalen Ramsey at corner. Aaron Donald, defensive tackle, uh, and, and Cooper Cup at wide receiver. Von Miller. Von Miller. Right. OBJ. MVP. Right, I mean, you're talking about five right. alphas that they have mm-hmm. right now, right? And then the Bengals get Joe Burrow. Yes, and they get Jamar Chase, and they have some other nice pieces. But defensively, nobody, Hendrickson stands out, but they really don't have the brand power that the Rams do. And I think a lot of gamblers are going to look at that and go, four and a half? Right. Lay that four and a half. Is there danger there that the collective group of the Bengals is better to Steve's point that we just had Steve Mackinnon on, where he, when he crunches the numbers, very close, much more closer, at least uh, numerically, mm-hmm. than maybe gamblers are anticipating? Yeah, absolutely, because I think the Bengals are the Rams East without the Hall of Fame players or the pedigree that the Rams have in terms of the star power. Uh, but they do have substance, talking about the Bengals. If you think about the playoff game, their playoff run, they've created seven turnovers. Mm. Uh, I think when you can do that as a football team, you can win ugly, you have a chance to win, and certainly you have a chance to overcome deficits. Uh, and, and so we've seen that. The resiliency of this football team, again, points to Joe Burrow for sure. But the opportunities that they create, uh, that's something that when you're able to capitalize with the opportunities, you can find yourself in the Super Bowl. Getting hot in December is always the mantra of the league. Like as a player, we needed to get hot in December. We got both teams that got hot in December down the stretch. I know Burrow uh, and the Bengals, they sat out uh, towards the end against Cleveland and they lost that game. But if they needed to win that game against Cleveland, we would have seen a team that was still remaining hot, just like we saw with the Rams. Very quickly here, Mike, when I look at the offensive line against Tennessee, you go nine, nine sacks. Mm -hmm. You can't can't win. Right, right. And then they somehow win. And then I don't think they gave up a sack against Kansas City. 
How do you do that in a week span? Well, it, it's tough. Uh, I, I think the Bengals are concerned about one-on-one matchups. Therefore, they needed to run the football. That's why I cashed the Joe Mixon rushing total mm. ticket because you got to be more balanced. Uh, he easily went over that. Um, and, and so looking at those situations, uh, what are the Bengals going to need to do against a team that's identical to them? Right. Uh, but it's a dime defense. The Rams, they play a lot of dime. And so if you want to throw the football, certainly. But the opportunity to run the football against a lighter box is there for the Bengals as well. So you expect Joe Mixon again. And I know some people are like, ah, stop running the ball in first right. down of Joe Mixon, second and nine. We heard it even in the telecast mm-hmm. last week. But they have to do that they for have a to, reason. Because right? they won the time of possession as well. 35 minutes. Same thing with the Rams. Won the time of possession that allowed them to overcome those deficits. When we think about that, people, the Rams won time of possession against the Niners, and the Niners run the ball mm-hmm. for days and days and days, right. and yet the Rams uh, out-ninered out the Niners. All right, Pritch, we're not going anywhere. When we come back, I'll get some receiving props that we see for Super Sunday and get your, your mindset on some of those totals. Come on back. It is the Lombardi line right here on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. And again, don't forget, we're going to have Mo Egger joining us a little bit later on as well from Cincinnati to get that Bengal perspective as well what, about nine days away from Super Sunday. Come on back. It's VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. At Bed365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare <laughs> 